0: What's up everybody? Welcome back to the Young Adult Podcast. Milana here, and with me, as usual, Connor Grimm. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> he didn't go anywhere. He didn't but, go anywhere. <laughs> but he's back. But I'm back. <laughs> um, well, what is new, I guess. We we're recording multiple today. Um, we on work and all that stuff, multiple podcasts, and Um, I just got finished telling Connor in between recording these podcasts that yesterday I binged watched a bunch of episodes of the old MTV show, um, the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders making the team reality show, which I've never watched before, but I was watching like old episodes on Hulu from 2016 because it suggested it to me. Um, And I was not a cheerleader, never have been a cheerleader or interested in anything like that. But somehow it sucked me in for four episodes because I needed to know who who made the Dallas Cowboys cheerleading squad back in
1: 2016. Yeah. So I've never seen that show, nor do I care to see that show. (laughs) Um, You're not much. Yeah, and I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion or not. So if you were grew up being a cheerleader and this offends Aww. you, I'm sorry. What are you about to say? I think cheerleading in professional sports is the dumbest thing in the world. Aw. I think that, not dumb, that's harsh. I don't know what it adds. Yeah, entertainment value. But not really, though.
0: But they're like dancers. They're not actual cheerleaders, like the professional cheerleaders. No, football has
1: cheerleaders. No,
0: I know, but they're called cheerleaders. You just watched
1: the Dallas Cowboys cheerleading. I
0: know, thing. but it's not like the cheer that like is doing like stunts and things like that. They're dancers, but they're called cheerleaders. But it's like people who grew up doing dance but and like, palms.
1: I know, but I guess I'm just like I get that in high school. And even in, like, college because there's, like, scholarship opportunity and in high school it's, like, really big, like, uh, just, like, atmosphere. But I know a couple cheerleaders who have cheered for the Denver Broncos and you don't make much money. It's not like a career. No,
0: it's like pr- you're practically volunteering. Yeah. And the Broncos have, like, a a pretty great team and organization. Yeah. And like, so, it's very reputable so program. So part
1: of me is, like... I would get it if it was like a career path where you're like, "Oh, like if I land this job with the Broncos or with the Nuggets, like I'm set. Like this is what I do." But they get paid like pennies on the dollar.
0: I know. I think it's more so for like the experience.
1: I know, but then, but like, okay, and here's my cynical (laughs) part: What does that experience translate to? Right. Because as a as somebody who like uh, as a business owner. If somebody came to me and I was like, oh, like, hey, like, what is your prior, like, career and experience in, like, a Denver Broncos cheerleader? I would be like, that has no op- application to anything that you're, like, applying to.
0: Yeah. It's more so just to, like, say it, you're thinking. No. And, and here's, I guess here's. <laughs> just to say that pro- you did it.
1: In professional sports. And maybe this is taking a bad turn. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the only people that appreciate professional cheerleaders are, like, old single guys. The perverts. Yeah, that are kind of creepy. Yeah. Yeah, that,
0: like, have the calendars hung up in there. Yes, because this this sounds
1: bad, but, like, when I go to a Nuggets game or a Broncos game, I feel awkward when the cheerleaders come out.
0: (laughs) I like it. Oh, no. I'm just like,
1: this is weird because I'm married. I've got kids. And... I mean that's. I good, don't want to watch, watch you dance. Yeah. <laughs> I want. I came here to watch football or basketball. Yeah. You know, and then I'm like, I know how much you get paid. Uh, I know it's a very prestigious thing, and I know for people that are passionate about dancing and stuff, it is a cool opportunity for you to like exercise that as a professional, as a as a sports purist, as a sports enthusiast. <laughs> I just don't know what it brings or adds at a professional level of sports.
0: I think what's interesting is like that is kind of seems like the end all be all for like a dancer. You think of like someone who's on like a, a big college dance team, you know, that like goes to nationals like LSU and all those like really good dance teams. Like the pinnacle of arriving is like dancing professionally, so to say, on a sports team. But that's sad because even when you make it professionally, you're not being paid. Like it's I know that's all what like, I'm saying. Like so, if it, what is? That's a good question.
1: But, but you know, if somebody's just like, I like it. It's a passion. I like to dance. This is like the real only opportunity I get as an adult to like professionally do this. That's good enough for me, I guess. I just maybe it's a way just
0: for them to like keep dancing and performing, Connor. Never
1: stop dancing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Maybe I guess. But anyway, they were real passionate about it on my show last night. So yeah, it's so So cutthroat. It
1: is. It's so oh, especially Dallas. Which I don't. I don't understand why. Which I think is what drew me in is
0: I didn't know like it is like prestigious and I didn't realize and there was. Lots of tears and it was very competitive.
1: I know I and I'm be here one, for a competition. It'd be one thing if the Cowboys would actually win anything, but like Oh sad. They're always the definition they're like the Vikings, my team. Yeah. They're always good, but they're never good enough.
0: Yeah. That's the Cowboys. I feel sad when I watch sports. I always like empathize too much with the losing team. The Super Bowl's hard for me. Oh, I, because you like see people crying. Connor's like <laughs> rolling his eyes. I do. Like that one kicker who like missed the field goal. I can't remember what game it was Don't in the get playoffs. Me started on
1: field goal kickers.
0: But I was like, oh, this, I hear, wanted to cry. Let me go
1: back to my glory days. <laughs> we missed the opportunity to play for the Virginia State Championship against a team we had beaten already and I feel like could handle because. Our kicker was not the best. Sad.
0: What if he's listening to this? Get better. Oh, I can't help but empathize. There's so much pressure on the kicker.
1: I know, but you're paid to kick a ball.
0: (laughs) Not in high school. Well, yeah, but I'm just like, if I was a kicker, Connor's still salty about it. He's still mad that he doesn't have a championship ring. No rings. no rings. No rings for me. Virginia day. All right. <laughs> Sorry, we got to jump yeah, in. For real. Because
1: we we've got a good <laughs> podcast, a good topic. Yes. So cheerleaders, good for you. <laughs> for real. If you, you do, love it, do it. Do your thing. Yeah. yeah. If you love anyway. it, do it. <laughs>
0: uh, we, I'm, not tr- I'm not trying to be a hater. Yeah, I'm just. Yeah, I just don't. You're not a hater. You're a sports purist. I'm a purist. Is what <laughs> yeah. you
1: said. Yeah. Uh,
0: amazing. Um, well, we are going to continue on our podcast Along the theme of the workplace and speaking to more of our young professional audience out there, of our podcast listeners, um, we just wrapped up a podcast um, about earning your stripes.
1: Earning your stripes, how to be taken seriously as a young professional in the workforce.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, so if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. Um, lots of good stuff on there, I think. Um, and then today we are going to be um, coming to you with a podcast titled... I hate my boss slash coworker.
1: Ooh. Dun dun dun. What do you do when you work a job and you don't like your boss or your coworkers, one or the other, or both? What do you do if you hate everybody? <laughs> like <laughs> how do you how do you navigate that situation, especially as a Christian? Because I think that right. is super, super important. As a follower of Jesus. How do we navigate working in a in an environment where we might not love our boss or peers, right? The most are we supposed to honor them? Are mm-hmm. we supposed to respect them? Are we supposed to get along? How do we navigate that situation?
0: Yeah, and I think this is somewhat something that like pretty much everybody can relate to. Like you're yes. not going to get along with everybody that you work with. Um, you might work for somebody that you don't necessarily see eye to eye with, or you don't want to work for forever, whatever it may be. Um, I know you and I, like everybody has experience with this. I know you do. I know I do. Yeah. Um, honestly, I hate working for you.
1: I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm the freaking best. What are you talking about? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, I I, I don't know what button this is.
0: The green (laughs) one? (laughs) I guess we'll find out. We don't wear our headphones anymore. So we push these buttons blindly. Yeah. We're just pushing them blindly. We should get labels for them. If that
1: was weird, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Um, but yeah, such a real topic, such a, like, thing that everybody, I think, can relate to. Um, So I'm excited about this one. I think it'll be good. Um, And so let's just dive right in and start with maybe the, like, hot-button question of, should we or do we have to honor a boss that we don't respect or like?
1: Should we honor a boss that we don't like, respect, or a coworker? Yeah. Um, We didn't want this to feel, like, just loaded. I feel like you'll... There's always somebody in your office that you might have tension with. Mm -hmm. So should we honor a boss or a coworker that we don't get along with or we don't respect? I think especially as a follower of Jesus, every single person deserves a level of respect simply because every single person, Christian or not, is made in the image of God. And Mm -hmm. so... Yes. Should we honor a boss or a coworker that we don't love, that we don't get along with, that we we don't respect? A hundred percent. And I think at the most bare bone minimum, um, you should respect them and honor them as a person. And I know that might sound weird, but I actually think that's a great place to start because I think that initially, like what we can tend to do, especially with coworkers and bosses that we don't get along with is we almost dehumanize them and we only like view them view them as a boss or a co-worker and not right. an actual person with a life and a story and a history and a, maybe a reason they come in mm-hmm. with an attitude or a reason they think certain way or do the things that they do. And so I do think that everybody um, deserves a level of respect just for being made in God's image. And I do think that that is actually – where you need to start with your boss or coworker if you are in a job and you're struggling to honor and respect that person.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Everyone is made in God's image. Everybody has a story, and I love what you said of, like, people have reasons for the way that they are. Yeah. Like, you have a reason for the way that you are and the things that you do and maybe some of your shortcomings, and it's the same for everybody else. I know in my experience, um, it's it's harder to dislike someone when you know their story a little bit more, you know, and you can like kind of have grace for them and like honestly just see them how God sees them because God knows the ins and outs of your life just as much as he does your coworkers. And so, yeah, having insight to being like, okay, this person is a child of God (laughs) and I need to respect them and love them even if it might be difficult. And even if it's like a boss who like, Maybe kind of (laughs) sucks. Yeah.
1: Maybe they're a child of God barely. You know what I mean? Like they're just hanging on. They're barely a child of God. Um, But they deserve a level of respect just because God loves them. And therefore, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are called to love them no matter how difficult it is. Now, um, maybe you're like, bro you just don't get it. Like (laughs) this person is the worst. Like, Mm -hmm. you know how like in the Bible in Genesis, it talks about how like demons came down and had sex with people and they started creating these like half demon baby things that are like uh, giants. That's where like the giants came from. Like maybe you swear your coworker or your boss is a demon (laughs) baby child. And you're like, bro, I don't know if they're made in God's image. (laughs) They are, but here's the thing. I do think not only if you respect them as a person, but I do think there is something to respecting the position they hold. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're just not at a place where you can respect their character. Maybe they have very low character. Um, maybe they lie consistently. Maybe they use people and, and don't treat people kindly or fairly or maybe they've done some shady things to get to the position that they've gotten to and you're like man just as a person i really have a hard time like respecting them can you respect them as a human being and can you respect the position they hold maybe over the character that they have um because i think one thing that's super important to uh, young professionals and young adults especially in our day and age is we want to know if people like are authentic, and there's nothing worse than having a boss or having a coworker where you know that their character might not line up with their job or mm-hmm. or just they're just not a great person. You know what I mean? Um, but there's a verse in Romans 13, chapter 1, which is a sucky verse to hear if you're mm-hmm. in this situation, but it's true. It says this, it says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Mm -hmm. And so, this is specifically talking to Roman Christians about the Roman government and their oppression. However, I think it can be applied to your situation is that God knows the beginning from the end. So, God Mm -hmm. knew you were going to have this co worker, God knew you were going to have this boss. And there is not an authority in your life that is not there that God has not, in some way, shape, or form, at least allowed to be there for a season and for a reason. Right. And so, if God has allowed that person, then there is a respect and an honor due to that position and to mm-hmm. them as a human, even if you might not think that their character, their work ethic, Um, maybe the way they treat people is deserving of that honor or that respect.
0: Yeah, that's good. I love that. The Bible talks a lot about authority and order, and that's like a perfect example of it. And there's also like stories of this playing out in Scripture. Everywhere. Yeah, all over the place. Lots of bad kings, lots of bad leaders and governments. Um, A perfect example is like a King Saul and David, and that— a whole situation, and um, at the end of the day, like, God appointed Saul, yeah, God anointed Saul to be king. Um, and so David and whoever, like, they had to submit to that leadership, yeah, however difficult or however horrible he was, however many times he tried to kill David. <laughs> um, and I think there's this like book. That I just keep thinking of. I'm just going to reference it now. I was going to wait until later into the podcast, but there's this book that I feel like is a perfect example of this but called "A Tale of Three Kings."
1: So good. It's um, it's a book we give to every intern. Yeah. It's a book that I read at least once a year. So. It'll take good. you an hour max. Right. Um, it's super it's small. small.
0: It's like a poem almost.
1: Yeah. It's it's maybe like 50 pages, maybe 100 pages, What's but.
0: The- long poem called. I know there's I a word no for clue. it in literature, but it's one of those. So it's, yeah. it's an easy read, all it's that to say. It's a super easy
1: read, but each page is maybe like a paragraph, a yeah. paragraph and a half if that. It's yeah. so easy, but I highly, highly recommend it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, it's so good. And it's the story of Saul and then David and then Solomon. Um, so three kings and um, told through like a different lens of literature. Um, and one of the things in it that I love is... Um, this, like, quote that comes from it and says that you can't see anointing. Yeah. Like, we as humans can't see anointing. And so, and, like, it makes the point of, like, Saul was anointed by God to be king. Um, and just like the scripture you talked about is that, like, authorities have been established and um, for a time being, right? Like, for yeah. a time being, Saul was king and leader. And then obviously we know that David came in um, and was a different sort of king. Um, and there he wasn't perfect either, but... I love that point of like authority is important. Um, whether like you agree with it or not, and it's important that we see it that way and that we honor it, even if we don't agree with it. And I think the Bible just shows that in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, the the story of David and Saul is a really good picture of honoring position over mm-hmm. like the person. Like there's a there's yes. a there's a moment where Um, David's in a cave, and Saul is actually, like, trying to kill him. Like, he is on the hunt for David, like, hunting him down like a dog, like an animal. And David is hiding for his life with, like, a group of people. And Saul goes into the same cave that David's hiding in. He doesn't know. He goes to use the bathroom, like, for real. David sneaks up behind Saul and cuts off a piece of his robe. And his friends were like, yo, like, kill him. Like, this is your chance. God's delivering him. And David's Uh like, I'm not going to kill a person that God has put in a position of authority, and he cuts off a piece of his robe, and he he shows Saul, um, hey, I could have taken your life. Like, see, like, here are my intentions. Like, I'm not trying to hurt you. Mm-hmm. I could have, but I didn't. And he even, like, repented over cutting off Saul's, like, uh, like a piece of his robe because, he, like, he was just, like, this, like, this is my authority and I will not transgress my authority. Um, It was to like an extreme. It was like to an extreme. Mm -hmm. And so um, I do think David in that scenario is just a great picture of maybe honoring the position over the person. And so if you are in a position where you're struggling with your boss or struggling with your worker – one, they deserve respect and honor just as a person. Mm-hmm. But then two, there is something about honoring the authority God has put over your life. Even if you're just honoring the role they're in and you're struggling to honor them as a person, that is still important and that is godly and that honors Jesus.
0: Yeah, that's so good.
1: So should we honor a boss we don't respect or a coworker we don't respect? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, here is where we can get proactive and actually maybe start taking steps to either mend the relationship or better your working relationship with this person. And, I mean, this is the most Jesus-esque picture of what it looks like to figure this situation out, which is this. Um, you can actually change your relationship with your boss or coworker or maybe even start to change them by serving them. Um <gasps> Yes. Now that is, <laughs> that is taking a huge, huge humility pill yeah. and like swallowing it. Um, yeah. Swallowing a you, lot of pride. Yeah, yeah. Swallowing a ton of pride um, and, and serving somebody that might not have your best interest or might not have the highest level character, or maybe you just don't get along. Like, mm-hmm. but you can actually start to change your relationship and maybe even impact them and impact their heart By serving them, Jesus calls himself the servant of all, like not Uh, the leader of all, but the servant of all. Um, And Jesus served not only his followers, but his enemies and encouraged other people to do the same. And so what normally tends to happen, though, is we want to change our coworker and change our boss or maybe change our employment situation by complaining about them or gossiping about them.
0: Right, which is... They it never works nothing. out yeah it, it does never nothing. works out
1: and i think i think the mindset behind it is this like if i can just rally enough people against this person yeah
0: a common enemy yeah
1: then you either like what stage a coup or <laughs> Maybe you're like, well maybe if we all hate our boss or we all hate Stacy from accounting or whatever, like <laughs> then then maybe she'll finally wake up and realize she doesn't have any friends in this place. Yeah. But really like when you just complain or you gossip about them, it only drives a wedge further between you two because here's <laughs> what happens. One, you begin to start to create false narratives or false scenarios about this person. You might even start to create scenarios about this person in your head that aren't even real. Right. They're like hypotheticals that like get you all worked up and fired up and you don't even so like true. this person even more. Yeah. And it's from a story you've told yourself yeah, in your Yeah, a head.
0: hypothetical situation that you've created.
1: Yeah. And, and another thing that gossip does or complaining does is you're talking about them without having the courage to talk to them face to face. Yeah. And the Bible has so much to say about that. Uh, and we're going to talk about that even more here in a second. But James 1.26 says, those who consider themselves religious and do not keep a tight rein on their tongue deceive themselves and their religion is actually worthless. And so we want to do a whole podcast on gossip um, and things like that anyway. But talking around the problem and 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 complaining about them instead of mm-hmm. serving them only drives a wedge further, and it actually, what the Bible says, is if you're trying to go to your job and you're trying to be a witness for Jesus, it might actually uh, invalidate what you claim to believe. It says yeah. your religion is actually worthless.
0: That's so good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think that nothing changes somebody more than humbling yourself and serving that person, right. especially when they don't deserve it. Yeah. It's easy to do it for somebody who's amazing who has your back, who's Absolutely. in your corner and who wants that the best. You love, yeah. It's easy to honor in that way. But when you can humble yourself and serve somebody who doesn't deserve that, I think that is a real way to change their heart, to change your heart.
0: Yeah. More importantly. Person, yeah,
1: And to mend whatever fracture it could be in your working relationship.
0: Honestly. And that's like the goal of like the Christian is like, Jesus has come and given us example. And we see this of like, in the example we gave earlier of David and Saul, like, David served Saul.
1: He did, yeah. For a long time. For a very long time. Ju-
0: or Jesus washed Judas's feet. Like, yeah. we have examples of this so many times throughout Scripture. And so if you call yourself a Christian in the workplace, like, man, it takes humility. And you yeah. have to, like, you have to, like, try, at least try and get to that point. And I get it's difficult. And people <laughs> can be hard. And especially if you're like, well, they don't know Jesus. And they might not. And then all the more reason of like, hey, you need to rise above and like maybe not give into that gossip and things and actually be like, lean on, okay, how does, what is the blueprint of how Jesus would handle something like this? And I think there's so many times we can look to his life and just get a beautiful picture of how we can handle situations. And so much of that is like, yes, humility, serving. And I think like you said, it ch- it'll change their heart potentially, which like hopefully that's the goal. Yeah. it'll soften their heart towards you, and make your life easier. But more than anything, it's gonna change your heart, which yeah. is which is the ultimate goal. Yeah. Um. So that's just that's so great.
1: Yeah, um, changing your heart towards that person. Yeah. Um, and it is a hard thing to do. It's yes. something that I have not done perfectly in my I, life. I'm a very strong like justice person. Same. Um, yes. <laughs> and so sometimes my initial response is like not rebellion, but like I'll show you. Yeah. You know? And it takes me a while to get to that place, but but nobody knows the human heart, the human condition better than Jesus. And yeah. then Jesus truly believes that you win others over and you change other people by serving them. Yeah. And that just skip the pride skip the rebellion, Mm -hmm. skip, like fast forward to the part that actually works, which is humility and serving, Um, serve that person. And so what do you do if you got a boss? Uh, You should respect them, respect them as a person, respect their position, Mm -hmm. Um, serve that person, Mm -hmm. swallow your pride, be humble, be a servant leader in your office. And, And specifically to the people you have tension with, and I honestly believe you'll sit back and watch how it changes the atmosphere. But then this is something that's really big at Red Rocks Church. Um, this is something that we have in our like hiring handbook. This is something we talk about to our staff o- often. This is something that we encourage interns to do, um, which is this. Have you had an honest conversation with this person? Uh, I think it's so easy to be frustrated, to be angry, to be... Um, I don't know, unsettled with a boss or a coworker, and you've never opened the door to having an honest conversation. And the verse that we use at Red Rocks all the time is Matthew chapter 18, where it says, if your brother or sister sins against you, go and point out their fault just between you two. Um, I think we like to skip ahead to these next parts, but the first step, and this is Jesus talking, of reconciliation is you and them sit down and talk about your issues. Mm Mm-hmm. He says, if they listen to you, you've won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to your church. That's when you can gossip. No, I'm kidding. Oh um, if, they, if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, church, wow, treat them as you would a pagan or tax collector. This is specific to sin in the church, mm-hmm. but I think it is a great overarching mantra maybe for dealing with conflict is this, like, if you've got tension um, with a coworker or a boss, have you had an honest relationship with them? Have Mm -hmm. you, or or a conversation, have you gone to them and said, Hey, the way you treat me, what you said, what you've done um, offended me, just Mm -hmm. you too. And maybe let's say you have a boss or a coworker who their attitude or, or what they're saying or the way they're, they're doing something is affecting the entire work environment if you go to them and they don't care, maybe then take another coworker who sees sees it the same as you. And again, there's a fine line between gossiping and trying to approach somebody to change. But right. I think it's like, have you have you truly, honestly gone and had an honest conversation with this person? Right.
0: And I can just say, as someone who's worked here for a few years now, I I've seen it work so many times like yeah. i haven't had an experience where this like hasn't played out in a way that i'm like oh the what the bible has to say about conflict actually <laughs> is like yeah, true, true you know it's real it's real um and i think a lot of it does matter how you approach that conversation you know um i think coming at it with like a good balance of grace and truth is always important um and that we're kind and, and we honest, we balance honesty with kindness. Um, And I can say that most of the time in my experience, there's been one time, one time where it didn't stop at that first conversation, right? Where I actually like there's been one time in my life where I like got to the two past steps of like yeah. bringing other people in and then bringing the church in. Like most of the time. Who was
1: it? Say their name. <laughs> no, I'm, totally, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Uh, Can but, I guess? No.
0: I'm but in my experience, an honest conversation one on one goes so far.
1: I feel like ninety nine percent of the time, yes, it fixes the majority of the problem.
0: Yes, so many times. And sometimes I've also had experience where it's like it's like three one on one honest conversations, you know. And yeah. so it just you are never gonna not have to work with people. Yeah. People are never going to not annoy you. Like we are broken and flawed and um make mistakes and we're innately selfish and we're really quick to point out like other people's sins and yes. not like remove the plank in our own eye. And so this sort of like conflict is always always going to be a thing. Even at church. Like that's why our handbook has this in there is because even like people who are like ministering and doing like vocational ministry all the time like we have conflict
1: a lot a lot lot of of, a lot of it Yes, and
0: so like this is important like because it's just it never goes away and so like it's important that we deal with it the way that like jesus actually says can benefit as many people as possible
1: yeah and again like i know we talk about like a lot it's easy to have the end goal be like change this person but like one of the work one of the one of the quote unquote, I guess, worst things that could happen. One of the lowest things that could happen potentially is you start to see their side and gain a perspective on their life. Right? Like maybe their attitude doesn't change. Maybe their their work habits or whatever they're doing that's frustrating you doesn't change. But maybe you gain a different perspective that can give you some sympathy or empathy towards that person mm-hmm. that can allow you to um, I don't want to say tolerate it, but like stand it a little bit more. And I'm not saying that justifies it. I'm not saying that makes it right. But there's there's nothing that hurts from seeing life from another person's point of view. And maybe when you just make that effort to do that, that shows that boss, that shows that coworker that you are at least at minimum making an effort. Mm-hmm. And they can recognize, well, if this person's making an effort with me, maybe I need to make an effort with them, and maybe yeah. I need to reevaluate some things in myself. And you find commonality and you find common right. ground. So, so having a conversation, it's not only to say, like, hey, you know, if you if you are in the situation and you need to go have a conversation with the boss or a coworker, it's not just to say, hey, you do this and it offends me or it makes me upset. Mm-hmm. Also walk into it with a heart posture of I wonder if I can see life from their perspective. Yeah. You know, so often we bring things into into work that are affecting us from home. If there's frustration and a marriage if there's a death in the family if there's tension with health or or something like that it can bring a lot into the workplace and so maybe your boss was short with you maybe a coworker's just been on edge but you get to know that like oh their marriage is feels unstable or oh right. there's like their mom is sick or their husband or wife yeah. is sick or their child's there's going through something reasons the way they
0: are yeah. the way that they are yeah yeah
1: and it just opens the door for you to be more understanding and then going back to point number 2 when you understand somebody, you can better serve that person. Yes. Um and that's just that's so it kind of like brings it full circle of like, oh, I get your situation, maybe I can help you now and yeah. I can serve you better in a way where I can honor you even if we're still disagreeing. I can honor you because I understand you and I can serve you because I know what you're going through in life.
0: Yeah. And we we mentioned this in the last podcast too talking about the workplace, but I feel like it's worth reiterating is You are the hands and feet of Jesus in your workplace. Yes. Like maybe you don't work at a church. Maybe you don't work at like a Christian nonprofit. And maybe you are the only Christian on your work team. And so it's important how you handle conflict. It's important how you show up and how you're presenting Jesus to these people. And honestly, if it's done in a healthy way, if it's done in this Matthew 18 way, it can like change somebody's perspective and be like, oh, that person handles conflict differently. Yeah. That person like serves and even people who maybe aren't involved and just like looking outside, looking in of like, oh, I know Becky doesn't like so-and-so, but I've seen her serve her anyway. And I've seen her treat her with kindness, even though she might not agree with her or whatever. Yeah. And those are things that can just go so much farther than I think we realize of like how we handle these situations at work. Because it's easy to be like, Frustrated and just, like, give in and, like, give yourself almost too much grace and be like, this is a hard thing and it's okay. Versus, like, actually, you know, taking the step of, like, swallowing a big, humble pill, like Connor said, and choosing to do conflict and the workplace dynamics this way. Yeah. Rather than maybe what what you would see in other situations. Yeah,
1: so... If you are in a working environment and you're struggling with your boss or you're struggling with your coworker, we hope that you found this helpful. Should you honor a boss you don't respect, a coworker you don't respect? Absolutely. They're made in God's image. God has put them in a place of authority for a reason. So honor that person, serve that person, um, choose humility, serve that person, don't gossip about them, Mm -hmm. and then have the hard conversations because 99% of the time, one real honest conversation can heal 99% of the problems that you might be feeling or facing. um, Especially when you go into it with a harder perspective of here's my problems, but I also want to learn where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think you can go wrong. So hopefully you found this helpful. If you know somebody who this could encourage or help, don't uh, hesitate to share it with them, text it to them, uh, share a link, whatever. We love to continue to grow our young adult podcast community and tribe Um, So thank you for listening and hanging out with us today. You can find us and follow us, all things Red Rocks YA, at?
0: At Red Rocks YA on Instagram and TikTok.
1: And And
0: then our website is redrocksya.com. We post kind of what's going on um, both in our Denver area and what we're like pushing out as far as content to um, all of y'all that might not be with us in Colorado. Um, So... All the updates and everything will be there. You can also shoot us a DM or fill out the form on our website if you have questions that maybe this podcast um, sparked in you or you have an idea for another podcast. We will always take those so you can find us or reach us that way. Um, And then as per usual, if you are in the Denver metro area, come hang out with us on a Thursday night. We meet every Thursday at what time?
1: 7 o'clock at our Lakewood campus.
0: 7 p.m. sharp at our Lakewood campus. Um, We'd love to meet you and have you um, come be a part of that community on Thursday nights.
1: Yeah, and if you don't have a church home, come hang out with us on Sunday's Red Rocks Church. Yes. Littleton, Lakewood, Arvada, Park Meadows, um, especially, well, we'll already be past, so never mind. Um, (laughs) But we have an 8.30 a 10 o'clock, and it's 11.30, right?
0: We have an 8.30, 10 o'clock, and 11.30. Yes, yes I hear it out loud. Yes, on
1: Sundays. Yes. So come hang out with us on the weekends. Make Red Rocks Church your home. We love you guys, and we will be back next week with another podcast. Bye. We'll see you then. Peace out.